the sermon podcast of Paoli Presbyterian Church. The following sermon is by Pastor Jonathan Mexel. Uh, this past week, and and three of them are here in this service, and then another two uh, will be at the at the next service, um, and um, that is uh, Jeff and Susan Palmer will be at, at the next service. Um, we have appreciated. Um, this is Eli Andrus and his wife Tara Stapa and John Lyman, who have uh, have been a part of our congregation, um, all of them for a little while now, and we've uh, had the privilege of having them share with us in worship, and now um, make this decision to to make. Paley Presbyterian Church, their church home. And so we are grateful for that. Uh, they met with session on Tuesday evening and were officially received as members, but we have a couple of questions that we asked them and that, um, that you all get to participate with uh, uh, during this time. And so, um, so for Eli, Tara, and John, I have just a couple of questions for you. Um, who is your Lord and Savior? And do you desire to live a life of faith following the guidance that God gives to you? And do you purpose to live out that life of faith in this particular congregation, joining with others in the joys and struggles of life, as together we seek to be a witness of God's love to our community? And to those of you in the congregation, we have a question for you. Do you commit to welcoming these individuals and supporting them as they follow Jesus Christ? And together we may witness the good news of Jesus Christ in our church and in our community. If so, will the congregation say yes? Lord, we thank you for the ways that you bring us together, the ways that you build your body together. We thank you for each of these individuals who are making this commitment today to this church. Lord, may we continue to be your hands and your feet in very real and tangible ways in our community. We're grateful for the ways you guide us and direct us this day and each day that is to come. Amen. Amen. Thank you. I would encourage you all uh, at the close of the service to come up and say hello and uh, to welcome each of these individuals today. So, yes, yes. I am uh, making a quick detour with my microphone transition. I uh, didn't pick up my sermon notes, which will be a problem in just a few minutes if, uh, if I don't come and get them. So, Well, this is a significant week in the life of our nation, in the life of our um, communities. We have a big celebration this coming Thursday, uh, Thanksgiving. It's the day every year when we are reminded of the things that God has done for us and given to us. Uh, The day each year when we gather together in families and with friends. And uh, a time when we think about giving thanks, giving thanks to God and recognizing the ways that we have been blessed all around us. How often do you think about the importance of thank you? How often do you see the significance of it, either in expressing it or in receiving it? We are all at different times um, on either side of that, in places in our lives where we uh, have the opportunity to express thanks, and times in our lives when we have the opportunity to receive those thanks. And saying thank you 
and really experiencing that expression of thanksgiving um, is something that's, that can mark us, that can make a significant impact in relationships. Max Licato, in his book, No Wonder They Call Him the Savior, tells a story that was particularly poignant that maybe we can uh, see how this thank you really made an impact in his life. He said, I couldn't have been, he couldn't have been over six years old. He had a dirty face, barefooted, torn t-shirt, matted hair. He wasn't too different from the other 100,000 or so street orphans that roam Rio de Janeiro. Licato says, I was walking to get a cup of coffee at a nearby cafe when he came up behind me. With my thoughts somewhere between the task I had just finished and the class I needed to teach in just a short period of time, I, I scarcely felt the tap, tap, tap on my hand. I stopped and looked downward, and there he stood. Pao, senor? Bread, sir? Now, living in Brazil, one has daily opportunities to buy a candy bar or a sandwich for these little ones who are seen as outcasts by their society. It's the least that you can do. He said, but I told him to come with me. We entered the sidewalk cafe, and I said, coffee for me and something tasty for my little friend here. The boy ran to the pastry counter and made his choice. Now, normally these youngsters take the food and scamper back out into the street without a word. But this little fellow surprised me. The cafe consisted of a long bar, one end for pastries and the other for coffee. And as the boy was making his choice, I went to the other end of the bar and began drinking my coffee. And just as I was getting my derailed train of thought back on track, I saw him again over at the doorway. He was standing at the entrance on tiptoe, bread in hand, looking at the people in the room. And I thought to myself, what's he doing? Then he saw me and scampered over in my direction. He came up and stood beside me with his about eye level to my belt buckle. The little Brazilian orphan looked up at the big American missionary, smiled a smile that would have stolen your heart, and said, Obrigado. Thank you. And he nervously scratched the back of his ankle with his big toe, and he added, Musito obrigato. Thank you very much. Licato says, all of a sudden, I had a crazy craving to buy the whole restaurant and give it to the little boy. Before I could say anything, he had turned and scampered out the door. As I write this, he says, I'm still standing at the coffee bar. My coffee is cold, and I'm late for my class. But I still feel the sensation that I felt a half an hour ago. And I'm pondering this question. If I am so moved by a street orphan who says thank you for a piece of bread, how much more is God moved when I pause to thank him, to really thank him for saving my soul, for providing the things that I need, for being involved in my life? And this morning, as we are at the beginning of this week that we focus a lot on giving thanks, when was the last time that you really had the kind of gratitude that that little boy had? The gratitude for the ways that you have been blessed, blessed by God, blessed for God saving your soul, for providing for your needs, for helping you through life. At different times of our lives, we've all been one extending thanks and receiving thanks. And it's an important thing for us to ponder and to consider. Oftentimes when we're at our weakest, when we're much like that little orphan boy, it can sometimes be easier to give thanks. Sometimes when things are going well, when everything seems to be happening the way that we would expect it, sometimes at those times, it's a little more difficult for us to take the step back and to recognize that God has truly been at work in our hearts and in our lives. And it's important for us this morning, 
It's important for us this morning to take that time to recognize the blessings that we have received and to say thank you to God. Now, Thanksgiving is a really, really important thing for us to do on a regular basis. But sometimes we also wonder, once we begin to give thanks, how do we respond to that? And last week, we began our two-part stewardship series Focus on sort of the negative side of money, the, the side of being consumed with money, either its acquisition or how we're going to spend it. And we talked about how greed should not be a way of the followers of Christ. But what is the alternative? How should we utilize the financial resources entrusted to us? When we truly recognize the ways that we've been blessed by God, when we truly begin to say thank you to God, what is our response to that? How is it that we can respond with thanks to God? The early church in the city of Corinth learned about generous living. They lived in an area of the world where they had a lot of the material resources that that many in the other parts of the world of their day didn't have, but they had access to those resources. And in Paul's words to them that we're going to read here in just a moment, we hear an encouragement to us as well to recognize the ways that we've been blessed by God, and in thanksgiving, to live lives of generosity. So I'm going to read this morning from 2 Corinthians chapter 9, beginning with verse 1, these words. Now it's not necessary for me to write to you about the ministry to the saints. For I know your eagerness, which is the subject of my boasting about you to the people of Macedonia, saying that Achaia has been ready since last year, and your zeal has stirred up most of them. But I am sending the brothers in order that our boasting about you may not prove to have been an empty in this case, so that you may be ready, as I said you would be. Otherwise, if some Macedonians come with me and find that you're not ready, we would be humiliated to say nothing of you in, a, in this undertaking. So I thought it necessary to urge the brothers to go on ahead of you and arrange in advance for this bountiful gift that you have promised, so that it may be ready as a voluntary gift and not as an extortion. The point is this, the one who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. The one who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each of you must give as you have made up your mind, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to provide you with every blessing in abundance, so that by always having enough of everything, you may share abundantly in every good work. As is written, he scatters abroad, he gives to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way for your great generosity, which will produce thanksgiving to God through us. The re rendering of this ministry not only supplies the needs of the saints, but also overflows with many thanksgivings to God. Through the testing of this ministry, you glorify God by your obedience to the confession of the gospel of Christ and by the generosity of your sharing with them and with all others. While they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God that has been given to you. Thanks be to God for this indescribable gift. Now to understand what it was that Paul was, was saying to these Corinthian believers, we have to take a little bit of a quick step back to understand the context of his words. 
about a year prior to this letter being sent to the Corinthians, they had heard about a difficult situation that was facing the church in Jerusalem. A severe famine had hit that area of the world, and the church in Jerusalem was particularly hard hit. Especially in need in that church were the widows and the orphans who were under that congregation's direct care. When resources got desperately low, word was spread among the various churches around the region, asking them for assistance, asking them to to give so that the believers in Jerusalem would be cared for and their basic needs um, made available. The congregation in Corinth to whom Paul is writing this letter, they were one of those groups who heard of this need in Jerusalem. And word was, first re- word was first received, it says here that they were excited, that they got excited to be able to respond to this need and to, in thanksgiving to what God had done for them, to give to this need in Jerusalem. They had gone into action. They had begun to, they had been excited and they begun to get ready to give these resources to those in need. They were so excited that Paul then used them as an example to other churches. As, Look at the believers in Corinth. They're so excited. They're so generous in what they're doing that you should follow their example. The thanksgiving that the Corinthians had for what God provided and their love for others compelled them to give to this need in Jerusalem. And when you think about the needs around you and the needs in the church, are you excited to give? Or is it just another thing on your to-do list, another thing to to kind of check off? God's desire for each one of us is to have a sense of joy. And that joy starts with a spirit of thanksgiving that we've already talked about. It's really an issue of the desire of our heart. Now, part of that desire change comes as we are genuinely thankful for what God has provided. If we see our material resources as the result of our own hard work or our own efforts and, and items that we deserve... It may be difficult for us to have that spirit of thanksgiving. But it's when we recognize that all that we have comes from God. All that we have, the ability to to acquire resources and the things that we have received, those are gifts from God that have been entrusted to us. And we are invited to be stewards of these resources. Part of being excited to give is recognizing that all that we have comes from God and that we are invited to be thankful for what God has given to us. Another part of that excitement is is that the the giving will make a difference. Do you ever think about that? Do you ever recognize that when there's a need around you, a neighbor or uh, someone near or far, that your gift to them, extending the love of Christ in that tangible way, will make a difference? And when you give funds to the church to continue the work of God here, your gifts, small or large, will make a difference. A difference. Do you recognize that? Do you think about the difference that it makes? Your, your giving to the church makes a difference in a couple of different ways. It provides this space and it provides leadership for our worship and for sharing the good news of Jesus to ministries for children and for students and for adults. These are lives that, that are being impacted for eternity. And your gifts, your support make a difference. Not only does it here within the walls of our congregation, but it it extends out beyond the walls. And so it's regionally to ministries like City Team and Cornerstone Christian Academy, where the love and the good news of Jesus Christ are being shared. And your support of the work here at Paoli Presbyterian Church is extended as we share gifts and we share our mission funds to these partners. And it literally goes around the world, particularly in places like Cairo, Egypt, or Belize City, Belize 
where the, the things that you give to the church and the efforts that you make here are extended in these mission areas. And men and women, boys and girls, are having basic tangible needs met. And they're also learning about the good news of forgiveness and hope in Jesus Christ. Your giving has an eternal impact. Recognizing the thanks that we have from, that all that we have comes from God and sharing it to advance the kingdom of God are, are truly inspiring when we let it sink into our minds. May we each ask God to help us to grow in our understanding of his grace to us and of our opportunity to assist others and to say thank you in the ways that we give to support the work of God. Now, the Corinthians, they apparently began all of this with great joy and excitement. But at some point along the line, when they actually had to put into practice what they intended to do in the beginning, somewhere along the line, things got a little more difficult. We know from reading in, the, in these letters to the, the church at Corinth that they had a lot of internal conflict and difficulty. So maybe it was some of those things that, that derailed them from actually putting into practice what they had desired. Maybe it was just the normal activities of life that they got so consumed with that they, that they missed and forgot and weren't following through with this, uh, this commitment that they had previously made. Whatever it was, Paul recognized that they need a little bit of encouragement. They need a little bit of spurring along. It wasn't simply enough based on emotion or based on whatever it was in the moment to, to, to desire to give. They actually had to follow through and they actually had to... to Collect the money and have it ready to give to those in need. And so to spur these Corinthians on, Paul did two things. First, he, he, he told them the example of some other believers. The Macedonians had heard about the, the Corinthians and they had said, yeah, we're in on it too. But the Macedonians, they weren't in the same place as the Corinthians, at least from their financial resources. Macedonia was a much, much more um, impoverished kind of area. And in fact, it says in, in other parts of these letters to the Corinthians that, that the Macedonians had to beg Paul to allow them to participate because Paul knew that they didn't have the resources to help those in Jerusalem. They didn't have the resources to help themselves in many cases. But they begged, they wanted to be a part of what God was doing. And so Paul used this to remind the Corinthians of the excitement that they had experienced just a short time earlier. And the second thing that he did was he sent some fellow believers to go down to Corinth and actually help them to get organized, to actually help them to bring in the funds that they had promised and to help them so that they were ready when he and the others that were with him came, that they could take these gifts to those in need. And you know, many of us can sometimes get caught up in the moment. We have great intentions about giving to those in need or supporting the work of the church. But sometimes those intentions aren't followed through by action. And when they don't follow through by action, they're not actually able to make the same difference that if we actually give. What practices, what habits do we need to put into place to inspire and to fulfill that generous, joy-filled giving? Well, one of those steps is by actually making a commitment. And that's part of why we have a day like today each year in the life of our church. You can fill out an annual commitment card, either a paper card or going online. It may seem like that's a, a simple thing. It may seem like that's like doesn't really make that much of a difference. But you might be surprised at how actually putting, uh, putting a mark on a piece of paper or putting a mark online where you're saying, I am committing over the year 2023 to support the church in this way. What a difference that makes. And then not only making the commitment, but also then deciding how and how often you're going to, to 
to live that out. And so in some cases, the how often, you know, a lot of times it depends on when you receive funds, when you get paid or when you receive whatever income sources you have. Maybe that's on a weekly basis. Maybe it's on a monthly basis. Maybe it's on some other kind of, of basis. But deciding ahead of time, I'm going to make this commitment and I'm going to give this amount at this time. And then deciding how you give it. We have a number of people in our congregation that come with a check or with, with cash, and that's, that's perfectly fine. That's why we have the offering boxes in the back. And we also can provide offering envelopes. If that would be helpful for you, um, all you need to do is contact the church office and Terry Gogler, our accountant, would be happy to get those out to you. For others of you, it's, it's something you do electronically online. And so you can go to your online bill payer and set that up on a regular basis so that that, that contribution is made. Or you can go to the church website to, to our PushPay app, and you can make that commitment there as well. And it can be done on a one-time or on a regular basis. But having an intent and following through with it, those are sometimes two different things. And it's important for us to, as we recognize with thanksgiving and joy the ways that God has blessed us, that we, and as we make that commitment in our hearts and our minds, that we put into practice those steps which will allow it to actually occur. The Corinthian believers, they were excited. They wanted to participate. But Paul had to remind them of some areas where they needed to be encouraged in their faith and encouraged to live out and to, to, to live this out in their lives. Now, there's one final point that we see in this passage, and it's an important one for us to recognize. Sometimes when we have these kind of conversations about, about stewardship, about giving financially, sometimes um, we can come to the point where we think that this is all about compulsion or, or being forced, at least being guilting into giving. But that's precisely not the point that Paul wanted the Corinthians to recognize here. Because he says that God isn't about guilting or shaming us into giving. Instead, God wants us to give recognizing that what we have comes from God and that God will continue to take care of our needs. He says it like this. He says, the point is this. The one who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And the one who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each of you must give as you have made up your mind, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to provide you with every blessing in abundance. So that by always having enough of everything, you may share abundantly in every good work. There's, there's an interesting cycle you may have noticed as we read that. It begins with God, in the first place, blessing and providing for our needs. The second part of that is us recognizing that what we have comes from God, that it's a blessing from God. And we are invited in thanksgiving to respond to what God has done by giving to the needs that are around us and giving to the kingdom of God and the work of the church. But here's the interesting thing that, that Paul says at the end of this passage. He says that God will continue to provide for those needs, not not to an extent to the extent that we can be extravagant, not to the, to the extent that we can become self-indulgent, but it was God who gave them in the first place, and it's God as we become that conduit of, of thanksgiving and giving to those in need, that God continues to provide those things that, that allow us to live out this heart of thanksgiving in our lives. That's how we develop that cheerfulness in giving. That's how we develop that recognition and that ability to, to give not out of compulsion, but giving out of a desire to say thank you, to say enjoy. God, we are grateful for what you have done for us. And we give to your work 
as a result. Whenever we talk in the church about money, some people are going to immediately turn off their ears and tune it out. But many, many conversations don't have to be, uh, have to be negative. It's a blessing to give. It's a joy to meet the needs of others and the, the work of the church. God has blessed so many of us in so many different ways. And recognizing God's blessing and responding by supporting the work of God and the, and the needs that are around us are significant steps in keeping that proper understanding, that proper balance of our finances and recognizing them as the gift of God and not falling into the trap that we saw last week of, of greed and of focusing on them in the negative kinds of ways. And so the question for each one of us this morning is, have we recognized God's blessing in our lives? And having recognized that blessing, are we willing to give to needs around us, including the work of the church? Some of you, as I said, have already responded with your commitments, both on paper form and online, and we're grateful for that. And if you haven't yet, just want to encourage you to take this opportunity to make that commitment for 2023. God has blessed us, and God is at work in our lives. And God invites us to respond with thanksgiving, to respond with hearts of gratitude, and support the things that God is doing in our world in our communities. For God, we're grateful today for your love, your care, and your concern for us. We're grateful for the ways that you have blessed us. We pray now, Lord God, as we recognize this blessing in our lives, we pray that you would use these gifts to further and advance your kingdom. Help each one of us, help each one of us to not be consumed with those resources, but to use them to say thank you to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.